welcome everyone to another episode of the Advent series, Finding Hope in this Advent story. Today, we're, we've moved through a few different episodes, right? So we've moved through hope, we've moved through peace. Today, we're gonna settle in and kind of park the bus around joy. Um, so I'm excited for this episode because I think with joy, it's one of those things that it's something that we all want. It's something that we all want to tap into. It's something that we want to experience at greater levels in our life. Yet at times it can still feel pretty elusive to us. And But here we do, we, we find it sandwiched kind of right in the middle of this Advent season of joy. And why is this joy here? So today we're going to explore all of that. We're going to teach about it. We're going to reflect and kind of just sit and marinate with it. So let's get into it. Linda, talk to us a little bit more about joy, the season, the Christmas story. How is it all connected? Thanks, Brandon. Okay, well, first I'm going to start by reading to us from the Gospel of Luke, second chapter, and I'm going to read verses 8 through 10 or 11. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So, when we read this passage and it talks about the coming of Jesus bringing us joy, sometimes, at least for me, sometimes joy can feel elusive. Like, I don't know, Christmas sometimes stresses me out. You know, you have a certain amount of time between Thanksgiving and December 25th to get it all done. It doesn't feel joyful. It feels crazy. And 2020 has not been super helpful with that, right? I mean, we've had the pandemic, which means as we're getting ready to run into the holiday season, we're looking at Zoom calls instead of people around our table. That's hard. There's been the election. That was nuts. Um, there's anxiety over the future. A lot of people are out of work. Their jobs have changed. Their financial picture has changed. They don't know what next year is going to look like. This has caused a lot of stress. Relationships are stressed. We've got then the regular stuff, wayward kids, and just, just the regular stresses of life. There's so much going on. And it can be really hard to kind of access and experience joy at this time of year. And so when I read this, sometimes there's almost a disconnect. It's like, does it bring me joy when I think about Christmas? And sometimes the answer is not really. <laughs> so, And I, I think... I would venture out on a limb and say, I think that's pretty common. I think, I know I've experienced that in my life. Um, and I would imagine that for those sitting and watching us and listening to us right now, that even for you, that joy can feel really elusive, that it feels yeah. like, where is this thing? Is this myth that's in the Bible that this joy is available? And, and I love that when we look at, um, the story, even with the shepherds, right? The first thing that the angel says to them is, don't be afraid. Uh, <laughs> and I think more than we'd be willing to admit, or maybe more than we even know, that we are living from a place and operating from a place of fear, yeah. probably more so than we're operating from a place of joy. And I think that this season in particular, God wants to flip that upside down. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we can find a shred of ourselves in those shepherds of what is going on right now, I'm terrified of what's happening. Um, yeah. And 
kind of living and operating from that place of fear. But in that, he says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. And when I was reading that, what stood out to me was right there in the middle, I, I bring you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? That's really beautiful that I, that, that I bring you part. Because I think the kernel of truth in there is that what we find about Jesus, what we find about God is that God brings joy to us. That right. joy is available to us. It's not the elusive myth that we're constantly chasing, like a chasing after the wind. But that joy is actually moving towards us, that God is bringing that joy to us. The angels say, I bring you good news of great joy. It's it's not if you if you work hard enough and show yourself approved, right. then you can experience that joy. Then God will bring you that joy. It's not, you know, if you are clever enough, if you have the right answers, if you can put yourself and you can scheme yourself into the right, you know, societal position, then that joy is available to you. It's not even... If you're good enough, if you're moral enough, if you perform at a high enough level, right. then God brings that joy to you. But it's the initiator of joy is Jesus. And Jesus is bringing that joy to us. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes we think joy is something we have to muster or like, I'm just going to be joyful, darn it. And that's like, that's not it at all. It's as we abide in him and as we, as we spend time with him, then that's a gift he gives us. It's, I mean, we just, we've got it all backwards and upside down. You know, we can't force joy. It's like you say, it's a gift from him. And yet it's fully realized in Jesus. It's something that, you know, he says that Jesus, the fact of his birth, the fact of his coming, the fact of his presence with us, that's one of the names that Jesus is given, right? Emmanuel, God with us. And his, just his presence with us is a source and a cause for joy. But one of the things that I've been learning kind of in my own sort of spiritual journey, even of late, is that not only is the presence of Jesus and and his being with me to bring me joy, but the fact that he actually experiences joy when I'm with him. And that is really a new thought for me. The fact that Jesus, you know, we all accept the fact God loves me, you know, but that we sort of feel like that's like a general, it might even be obligatory. He made us, he needs to love us, you know, but it's not like that. It's like, he loves me. He even likes me. And that one's a hard one too. Sometimes where you think like, do I even like me sometimes? Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) But, but he likes me and he wants to spend time with me. And when I think about even in my quiet time, when I come to a time of prayer or time of reading God's word and to know that he's excited to be with me, you know, my son lives away at school, and so I don't get to see him all the time. And when he walks in the door, it doesn't matter how long it's been or what our last interaction was with. When he walks in the door, I'm excited, and I light up, and I just can't wait to be with him. And I just, like, I sit with him on the couch, and I kind of follow him around the house for a couple of days. So I'm just so glad he's here. And to think about that Jesus loves me that way. And when I show up for time with him, that he's excited like that, that's mind-blowing that it brings him joy right that and not only does it bring him joy but that's how he's created the relationship to work that it's not just a one-sided maybe you can find joy in me or not but that when we are in communion we are fellowship with jesus that not only does jesus feel joy with us being there but also 
that joy is brought to us and we experience that joy as well. And I think um, that's an incredibly powerful point uh, because like you said, it's sometimes it's like, I don't know if I even like me so much right now. So if I don't like me, how in the world is Jesus gonna want to be around me? But this is the nature and this is the character of God that we know that what? God is love. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit later in this series. Right. Because God is love, because God is continually moving towards us and he set us up to be in communion and fellowship with him, this brings him joy. And I think there's lots of things that we can go to that we can find good things in, like we can find like legitimate happiness in. There's there's lots of beautiful things in the world, but to find that true, that lasting, that kind of that soul quenching joy that's only that's only found in Jesus. Um, it's only actually realized mm-hmm. in Jesus. Another thing that I thought, Linda, that was powerful with this passage on joy is that the angel goes on to say of like, I bring you good news of great joy, but that this great joy is going to be for all the people. Right. Um, now, when we think about it, he's speaking to the shepherds, right? We, we spoke about this a, a, a few weeks ago, but the shepherds are like, they're, they're blue collar, <laughs> you know, and this is at night. They are working in the graveyard shift. This is right. the job that nobody wants to do. No one is like, I can't wait to grow up and be a shepherd and right. work the, grave, the graveyard shift out in a field that's cold with, sheep that smell that's right. not a problem necessarily that people are for better lack of a better term flocking to right there's a little, <laughs> little nice joke. Um, like it yeah this is who the angel appears to this is who the announcement appears to and that this great right. joy is going to be for all people now they're they're, they're jewish people these right. are jewish uh, uh shepherds and for so long, they've grown up in this system of like, we are God's chosen right. people. And I guess at some distant point in the future that this blessing is going to come to all the world, but no, it's us. We are God's chosen people. Right, right. And Jesus announces, or the angels announce to them, like this great news is, of joy is going to be for all people across all lines because ethnic lines mm-hmm. right across across class lines across gender lines um for all people if we kind of contextualize that to now it's like across our political lines across the political right. aisle republicans right. democrats across the divisions we see with like the urban city versus the kind of the rural america mm-hmm. all lines that this joy is available to us and i think the powerful point here is that wherever we find ourselves, mm-hmm. whatever we find ourselves in, that this joy is available to us. That yeah. we, we can't miss it. We can't miss it for lack of status in society or not being in the right socioeconomic class or not being a part of the right ethnicity or not being in the right gender or not being a part of the right party or all of these different buckets that we have for ourselves. Wherever we find ourselves, what we see in this proclamation is that this joy is for you. Right. Well, for you. And yeah. You can't miss that. You're not going to miss it because you're not in the right bucket that Jesus is moving towards us. And I love that about this joy. Yeah. I think too, it reminds me that sometimes people get joy and happiness confused, yeah. you know, and circumstances, they can make you happy. They can make you sad, but joy is something that God gives us despite, you know, it it lasts and can be with us even in our circumstances because it's not, oh, this is a terrible thing. I'm joyful. That's, you know, intellectual disconnect. It's 
God is with me and he loves me and his people, I'm in fellowship with his people. And because of that, I can have joy even in the midst of circumstances. So it is for all people. It's not just for the people for whom things are going well, because that's, yeah. you know, most of us have had a rough year. It's for all people at all times. Okay. And so. that joy exists in the relation. It's predicated upon our relationship with Jesus. And that exactly. is not tied to our circumstances that's not right. tied to a circumstance so that we can right. experience this joy across the board in whatever circumstance that right. we find ourselves in. One of the cool things about joy is that as we learn to experience, as we begin to experience joy in our relationship with God, it doesn't just stop with us. It's not like it's just we experience it and that's good for us, but it flows through us to the people around us. It's contagious. It's infectious. People want to connect to that. And in fact, as we talk about um, being, you know, what kind of witness are we being in the world? When people on the outside see the joy that we have in our relationship with God and in our relationship with other people, that's what they go. I want that because they, yeah. they recognize it as something they don't have. And because we can't muster it on our own, they know they, they don't know how to get it, you know? And so I think that, that as we learn to live in the joy of our relationship with God, that that flows through us and becomes something that attracts other people to us. I mean, you can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like the warm light that just people got to get around. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even from believer to believer, when you see someone who has that joy, um, regardless of their circumstances, it, it's, it, it ignites something in you. It spurs something yeah. in you that you go like, I can have that too. And I, and I want that. And then for people mm -hmm. watching, they're going, I got to get in on that. Yeah. I got to experience that. I got to, I got to have that. I need that. You know, and I think that we're, we're not just that we need it. Like we're, we're wired for it. God has right. set us up to experience this joy in him. And what I'm really excited for right now, what we're going to do is kind of, we're going to pause to take a moment um, to really take a step further into the story. And I'm really excited about this one in particular. So Brandon Bathar is going to join us again, as he's done in the past. And he's going to lead us through a kind of a, a time of quiet reflection. And really, I want us to meditate and sit in the, in the story and sit with this joy. So Brandon's going to ask a few questions. He's going to give us some space just to, to kind of reflect on the story and reflect on this joy, and then we will come back uh, for commissioning of how can we embody this kind of for our third movement of how do we take what we learned, what we reflected on, but how do we internalize that and ultimately get it from our head to our hearts and then express through our hands. So I'm really excited about it. Here we go. Well, so glad to be with you all again uh, as we enter into this time of joy, this part of the story that leads us into joy. May this be a refreshing moment of pause for you, a refreshing reorienting in the presence of the God who is with us. To start, take a deep breath. Spend the next few seconds in quiet. If it helps, close your eyes to prepare for the time ahead. And ask God to speak to you what he wants you to hear. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Luke 2, 10. I've always come up short on the understanding of this word joy. I'm not really sure I know what this word means. How would you explain joy to someone else? I've always been taught that it was different than happiness. That happiness fades, but joy lasts. Maybe that happiness was attached to material possessions, but joy was about more important things like people or ideas. I guess I've thought that happiness is an emotion, while joy is a perspective. Maybe all of these are true, but recently I heard something from a world-renowned neuroscientist that really struck me. Instead of defining it in the abstract, he described joy as a relational reality. He said, joy is the elation that comes from someone being glad to see you. That joy floods our system when our brain observes that someone else is truly delighted to be with us. Now, as usual, science is catching up with the Bible. The Bible is known for speaking large truths in relational terms. And joy specifically is mentioned often in light of God's real presence with us. Psalm 1611 says, You lead me in the path of life. I experience absolute joy in your presence. That phrase, in your presence, is actually directly translated as near your face. The psalmist is saying here to God, when I am near your face, when your face shines on me, I experience absolute joy. Now this definition of joy I can understand. I felt it. My four-month-old little girl is named Ray. And when I look at her, when I place my face close up to hers and I smile, she lights up like a light bulb. Her eyes widen. Her little arms and legs start kicking. It seems like she comes alive in that moment. When my face shines on her, when her brain tells her that I'm glad to be with her, she is experiencing joy. And you know, when she experiences joy in my presence, it's funny because I experience joy in her presence. Her smile back at me fills me. It's like a beautiful upward spiral of cuteness and warmth. This is joy. Yes, it is something that lasts when happiness fades. Yes, it is something deeper than the feelings you get with material possessions. But at its core, joy is a relational reality. Joy is not joy unless it's tied to someone. And this is why joy is proclaimed on that quiet, still night when the angel arrived to those shepherds. Good news that will bring great joy to all people. What is this news? Not just some rationally true principle that a divine being out there somewhere loves you. Not just some proclaimed statement of fact. No. 
the good news is a proclamation of a relational reality. And that is what we celebrate in Jesus' coming, a relational reality, God with us, God with you. That our Father has come near, that his love is so tangible for us humans, that like a father with his child, he has kneeled down, entered into our space, and is smiling extravagantly on us. Take a moment and let this reality, this real truth of God stepping into our reality, let it rest on you. This good news of your loving Father's real nearness to you. Soak in the face shining upon you. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Luke 2, 10 and 11. We are needing this good news that causes great joy. I am needing that. And I figure you're needing that as well. Beneath the headlines, the political division the fear of sickness, the fear of loss. There seems to be a deep and throbbing pain of needing love, needing community, or needing closeness. And as our world seems to be fraying at the seams and divisions between us are becoming chasms, you need joy. I need joy. You need that experience of someone being glad to be with you of feeling wanted, of feeling cared for. As a follower of Jesus, you are responsible for offering this joy to others, but it's no good to offer someone something that you are running low on. When was the last time you experienced this joy, the elation of being the glimmer in someone else's eye? God's face is shining on you right now. If you are in Christ, you are his beloved son or daughter. The good news of Emmanuel, God with us, is meant to bring you joy. But this may still just seem too far away. Sometimes, God gives us glimpses of his love for us by showing his love through others. To be filled with joy Begin by jumping back to a memory when you felt joy. Are you married? Take a moment to sit in that moment that you or your spouse walked down an aisle. Go back to that memory. What eyes looked at you in that moment? Do you have any kids or nieces or nephews? Spend some time soaking in the moments of being eye to eye with them the smile on their face. Do you have a dog that is so happy to see you every time you come home that their back legs can barely handle the tail wagging? Do you have a memory of a time when 
a parent or adult, looked on you with deep satisfaction and pride at some accomplishment. Whatever it is, go to that moment. Sit in it. God designed us to be loved, and our brain is constantly hungry for observing acceptance from others. When we experience love in these moments, the result is joy. So whatever difficulties face you right now, go back to that memory. Let joy wash over you again. Then thank your God, the one who gave you that moment, for such a good gift, such a good image of his love for you. said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Luke 2, 10 and 11. The thing about joy is that it is meant to multiply. Just like my interactions with my baby daughter, her joy brings me joy. God shines his face on you. And we, with unveiled faces, are meant to shine that joy to others. We are meant to be mirrors, reflecting God's pleasure and affection to the world around us. It is good to sit and be reminded that God is happy to be with us, to soak in his affection for us. But that cannot be the end. God's mission is meant to be an always outward-oriented love. So who needs joy right now around you? Take a few moments and ask God to bring to mind a few people in your social circles, your work, family, neighborhood, that need some joy, who need an incarnated, real reminder that someone is happy they exist. You get the opportunity to reflect God's love for them, to them, through you. Ask God who he wants you to bring joy to. And once God brings someone to mind, write their name down on your phone or on a piece of paper. Then, after this, give them a call. Let them hear in your voice that you are glad to be with them, even virtually. No agenda, no need to make a point. Just let them experience the God-given joy that comes from your attention and love. Giver of all joy, thank you for your deep affection for me. May you bless me and keep me and remind me of your face shining upon me. And may I so internalize this love that the joy it produces in me flow out to others like an ever-flowing stream. In Jesus' name, amen.
Everyone, I hope that was a really great time of just reflection. I love when Brandon leads us through those questions because mm -hmm. I feel like it really gives us the time and space that we don't really usually have in our normal schedules to really sit with the story and kind of marinate with it and listen to what Jesus may be saying mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. us. What yeah. we're gonna do now is move into our commission part of the story. You are commissioned to share this joy. Why are we doing this? Well, we're doing this because we don't want to just intellectually understand this joy. We don't wanna just, just reflect it with it, but we wanna embody this joy in the world. We want this joy to be contagious. We want others to see this joy in our families, in our communities, in our schools, wherever we find ourselves, we want others kind of to see that warm light and say, I gotta get close to that. I gotta understand what that is. So you are commissioned. Your commissioning is this, it's simple. Share the joy, right. tell others about the joy that you have. Do not hide that, keep that smile on your face, share that joy because that joy is an invitation for others to not only experience it, but also know Jesus more. We love you guys. We so enjoy doing these episodes. We'll be back with you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.